Hello and welcome to the Mentor Minutes podcast. I'm Jared and with me today is... Me. And I'm Steven. It's Steven. He's our new co-host to the show. So everyone... New-ish. Like I've already been here for a few episodes. Right? Uh, well, this is... Yeah, this is your third episode. Yep. Third Sweet. episode. So, you know, now he's old hat. So... That's right. Uh, too late. If you don't like him, it's too late. Well, I mean, you can always kick me out and replace um, me, I guess. All your votes have been heard and um, I guess we're going to keep you. <laughs> well... <laughs> I didn't know it was up to a vote, but I appreciate everyone voted. Oh yeah, who voted. it was a huge, huge ordeal. All uh, right. Thousands upon thousands of votes, and worldwide. I have to say I'm flattered. Yeah. Really. Worldwide. They love the beard. You could have chose someone better, but I appreciate sticking I with it. I think them. the only criticisms was uh, there wasn't enough hair. Right. Up here. Yeah. I have bad news. That's not coming yeah. back. That's gone. Yeah. That's uh, a bummer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so today we're talking about board games. And uh, we're also going to talk about game mechanisms. Uh, mm-hmm. We're 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 going to maybe make our own game. Yeah, you know that's that's the that's the thought today. Well, that's like the overarching goal, right? Like we're not going to make any games today. We're going to talk about how we could make a game maybe one day if we felt like it, right? Sure. Okay. Sure. But uh, you know, let's talk it out. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also going to mention uh, a game that we played today that is uh, one of the lower rated games on the Board Game Geek website. That's right. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I wanted to shout out real quick, if you're watching the video, I've got this light up laser engraved um, lamp, I guess you might call it. Uh, it's got remote control colors and everything. It's really cool. It's got the Meeple Mentor like logo on it. Um, when we went to Tantrum Con, I met up with uh, Anya over at Fandom, uh, the 308 Collective. I'm going to put a link in the description for you guys. Um, she hooked me up with this so that we can kind of display this on the podcast and for, for all kinds of stuff for the channel. Yeah, they look really great, too. As you might know, I'm a pretty big Cosmere nerd, Brandon Sanderson, and um, she actually made a custom lamp for me related to Stormlight Archive. Oh, boy. Um, and I'm super excited about it. And I don't know, like, it's one of the things that I've noticed that it's kind of hard to show, like, its full glory on camera. Yeah, So, hard. like, if this doesn't show up perfectly just, like believe that it looks really good in person it's something that you actually have to like look at it looks quite um, nice but it's pretty awesome i might just change the colors throughout the episode oh you can set it to like fade and stuff um yeah yeah you could um maybe there's like a timer in here too so there's a strobe setting yeah there it is just flash around so for all our add fans you'll get distracted yeah that's a good point back to red i'll just do that all right okay uh so yeah thank you so much anya for this it looks great and yeah, I, I, awesome. I love it. I love it to death. So our first segment today is uh, first in a series that we're going to do. Um, it's a series of giving a second chance to lowest rated games on Board Game Geek. I'm not happy about this. Uh, yeah, and I actually explicitly picked this because I knew he wouldn't be happy about it. And I thought that'd be pretty fun. So <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Um, this game is ranked 22,158 on the overall ranking of Board Game Geek. Um, it has That's an overall probably score. out of like 24,000 games. Something like that, yeah. It's it's one of the lowest games. I skipped over Tic-Tac-Toe because I will never play Tic-Tac-Toe. Mm. Um, but like, it's it, this is really close to the bottom. I have more fun playing Tic-Tac-Toe than I did playing this game. A spoiler alert. Anyway, so it has got a 4.2 out of 10 so that's it's not 4.2 it's not the lowest it's over that's a that's an f plus <laughs> an f plus i don't you know i don't remember in my school giving uh they gave out f pluses once you yeah. hit f it's just an f actually i don't even think it's an f plus i think you have to give her a 50 
to get an F plus? Uh, I I think it was a sixty. 50 or 60. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, so... Point two, Not good. Now, to reveal the game we're talking about, Oregon Trail, the card game. The card game. That's right. So do you remember the old Oregon Trail, like, DOS computer game? Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually really enjoyed that game. I did not. But I do remember the game. So, and I did play it. And playing this card game is very reminiscent of my experience and wanting to rage quit. I think I mostly enjoyed it because it was one of the first computer games that I played. And so it was really a different and new experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, I played console games before, but this was yeah. a computer game that I could play. It is one of the earlier games. I think this and Lemmings were some of my earliest video games I can recall playing. I don't remember Lemmings. Yeah, it's it's fun. You can you kind of like, you got different types of Lemmings and they do different things. You're trying to get them to a certain exit point every level that's it so more fun than oregon trail oh way way more fun you ever play chips challenge sounds familiar it's a you're a little kid and you have to like hit different colored buttons to open different colored doors to I get think keys that sounds familiar i used to love that i love the puzzly type of stuff yeah it was yeah, logic puzzles mm -hmm. uh, there was another one where you rotated mirrors and like there's lasers and oh, stuff oh yeah i remember that one you too know what I'm about? that was good and there's like a guy with like a red hat and a blue like little uh, jacket on and you'd walk around all slow but he was the one that had to move all this crap i don't remember that part i can't remember the name of that game but anyway a lot more fun than oregon trail but for some reason the game designers in the world decided that this game deserved to have a card game well i think it's a tabletop. it's a nostalgic thing i think a lot of people do remember oregon trail with fond memories yeah. and they this is the age of nostalgia Mm -hmm. And we have to bring something back that people can say, oh, I want that strictly because I remember playing the game as a kid. Cash grab. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're, we're giving so, it a second chance. We came in with an open mind. You paid money for this. I did. I paid money for it. I bought it used. Um, I bought it at one of those, like, thrift That should tell you something. Um, well, <laughs> but we're giving it a fair shake. That's the point of okay. this. So, of course, some people might not enjoy it. It got a 4.2. A lot of people do not enjoy it, obviously. Um, but let's get over like how to play the game real quick. Just a quick description. Okay. So um, this is a card game. It's only card based. You have a trail cards, and you have to get the you have to place the trail cards in such a way to get from the end the beginning point to the end point. Um, is, is now a good time to say that we didn't have the start point? We did not have the start point because yeah. I bought it used, and it apparently was not in the box. During the setup, it said place the start card, and we didn't have a start card. We had to improvise. You know, so we just grabbed a random trail card and kind of went for it. But I, I wonder, we had a lot of frustration with the rules in this. Uh, and yes. you're doing fine explaining this, but there was a point several times when we had no idea what was meant by the wording of the cards. And the rulebook would only just say stuff like, oh, well, you know, just follow the instructions and the instructions on the card override what's here. And I'm like, there's nothing here in this rulebook. Yeah. Like, there's um, no clarifications. There's nothing to explain. The whole, whole of section of the game, calamities, which are very important, and if you do not solve calamities, a lot of the times you die. Or occasionally, you just draw one and you die. That happened to me. Um, luckily, only one person has to survive in order to um, win the game. And that's one player at the table. You only control one character. You know, it's not like right. we had multiple characters on this thing. It was right. just him and me, and if one of us dies, it's just him. So kind of bad luck to begin with, but, or I guess low odds. Yeah. I, meant. Um, I guess you need more players to suffer through it. 
Yeah, you kind of, I think the more the merrier, like, you know, coming at it with a, a resolve. Is, is there a player count on this thing? Yes, there is. It is two, two, six. Probably so, five or six if you really want to torture your friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I should have brought more friends in here to torture. That oh, God. Good. Um, but yeah, so you start, you have to basically play trail cards one after the other and resolve those trail cards as you go. They could be um, just a basic card that you Light. play and that's it. It could be a river. By fording river, you have to roll a die until you hit an even number. Just a d6. Um, if you hit an odd number, bad things happen. Uh, sometimes if you roll a one, you drown. Sometimes you just lose a supply card. Supply cards are how you uh, resolve uh, calamities. calamities. Right. You have to have the um, right uh, card. If if you've played the far superior Millborn card game, uh, in that game you're playing mile cards and that sort of thing. But if someone plays a card against you, like a flat tire or... Uh, like a stop sign, that kind of thing. Um, you have to find the right card to kind of resolve that specifically. Mm -hmm. And they took that and kind of added way more types of things that you can potentially get hit with. So you never know what supply you're going to want or need because it's all random anyway. Yeah. And um, you only start with five supply cards. In a, in a two-player game, you start with five. But, uh, but there's like six or seven different ways to, you know, get rid of calamity cards because there's different types of supply cards specifically used in those calamities yeah like if an oxen dies whereas or your in millborn i think there's only three that you ever had to worry about that would have made it better i think uh-huh i think less variation with the supply cards might have been appreciated i do feel like there is a good game buried somewhere in this game there needs to be more ways to draw supply cards yes there, there just has to be because their their example of trying to overcome the fact that you don't always have what exactly what you need is you can basically return two of your supply cards to get one of what you need. But Which you is a huge loss. It's huge because, I mean, you lose supply cards all the time and mm -hmm. having the right one is like almost impossible anyway. Um, so I think, first off, there needs to be more ways to get cards. Yeah. And I think um, opposite of what you just said about the supply, I think having more different types of trail cards might be a good idea. Mm -hmm. There's three types of trail cards. There's the trail card that does nothing, there's the river, and then there's the one that spawns calamities. Um, so a third of the time, you have to draw a calamity. I guess the town's in forts too. Yeah. Um, that's the one good type of card you can get. Um, overall, the game is is a bit of a, of a mess, I would say. It's a slog. Um, I'm excited that we started with this one. I was really hoping to like it, but I just didn't. I can't. I mean, it's painful. And, you know, like, you, you got to resolve these calamities, but it, so there's one card that you can get that there's nothing you can do about it, and it's just you're dead. Dysentery. Dysentery. You, you draw the card, you're dead. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. So early on, I, I died, and watching him play through, like, the next, like, 30 cards. <laughs> I made it so far by myself. I almost, I made it about 60% through, I think. Um, yeah, almost. Um, almost 60%. And watching him do this over and over and hit, hit with cards and play it and almost just like, I feel like I'm watching someone overdose in front of me and I'm just saying, please stop. Please stop. It did feel like I was just moving through the, going through the motions. Like, I don't have a card, so I'll draw a card. I don't have a card. I'll draw a card. I'll play this. I got a roll. Oops. Yeah. Lose a card. And I think the most infuriating thing is like if you hit a river that you have to ford and if you don't roll an, an even, you have to keep rolling. And I somehow got like 
10 or so odds in a row. And it's just the entire time. So in there, roll, nothing. Roll, I, had, I nothing. had pretty good rolls, rolls, but if you draw a card that kills you, what are you going to do? Yeah. What so, are you going to do? Too much, he, too much randomness. Is there anything positive you can say about this game? Yes. Hit, it, hit, hit me with it. I'll have to think about it. Okay. I can give you two okay. that you already said. Sure. Uh, one is nostalgia. I mean, that okay. sells games. Beyond that, I think you mentioned that the die is cool. The die is cool. It's got a cool bit. Uh, the <laughs> it's a D6, but it's the letters are in this green like bit like eight bit font. Yeah, yeah. That's so the, about it. The die is cool. Um, paying money for a die and then trash the cards. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I recommend don't even sell it. If you have it, just burn it. Like. Don't make anyone else suffer this. Nah, I think I think it's safe to make other people do it. And also, like if you were like Oregon Trail, then like it kind of looks good on your shelf, I guess. Um, I don't debatable. I guess I don't like the nostalgia part of it. I guess so. I don't really appreciate that aspect of it. Do we really have to keep playing bad games? Like this is this well, it's is a series. Torture. It's a series. No, no, this is one time so far. But it's. A, but it will be a series. I've already invested in like three other games that are on the bottom of the list. <laughs> we won't we won't spoil those games. Oh my gosh! Because they're going to happen. Someone help me. Um, but you know, we're going to bring in other cool aspects too. Um, and I think this is a good seg segue to the other cool aspect. Yeah, let's let's switch over to our main topic today, which is about a good game design. Hopefully, maybe we're going to try to make our own game. That's right. How's this gonna How's this gonna work? So the way I see it, and you know, feel free to discuss. That's what this is all about. Discussion mm -hmm. um, is that we should start by just having a general talk about what kind of game mechanics we like to see, um, okay. and what makes them fun. And so basically, just getting it out, what kind of game mechanics we would like in this game, mm -hmm. um, and then once we have a list or an idea of what kind of mechanics they are, I was thinking maybe we'd let us setting and kind of gameplay grow out of that until mm -hmm. we have something. Obviously, this is also will be a series. It's not like it's going to happen all today. Maybe today we would just talk about what kind of game mechanics we enjoy. Make it something basic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question, though. There's a lot of game mechanisms I enjoy, but some of them are better suited for a lighter game experience. Sure. Are we trying to steer towards a lighter or heavier game experience? Um, I don't know. Like, I think that we should just talk about mechanics, see what we like. Yeah, All do right. a bit of brainstorming here. Okay. Um, I think that's because I don't want to rule anything out, really. Okay. Um, because I don't think I don't think that any kind of mechanic is really solely for a specific weight of game. Maybe maybe some more convoluted ones, I guess. But other than that... So an interesting thought would be to take something that's only been used or maybe mostly used in a lighter game and put it into a heavier game and sure. vice versa. Uh, for example, I'm thinking like I was playing New York Slice and that's a really great example of a I cut, you choose game mechanism. And that's pretty much all that game is. And yeah. just trying to collect things for scoring points. But if you applied that to a heavier game... Uh, I wonder what kinds of things you could do with it. Whether it's, I mean, it doesn't have to be pizza slices. It could be um, cards, you know. Right. Well, so the splitting aspect. The splitting of, of a communal pool. Right. I also like the idea of everyone gets to see what is being cut up. 
yeah. and that process of cutting it was fun. Yeah, right? that was a big part of the game, I think. C certainly, I think that is what makes that particular game and that the way it uses it very mm -hmm. interesting, and I like that aspect. Sure. So, you know, if we had a game where there was a lot of different stuff that you had to divide up for everybody and you get last pick, if we do it publicly, in a, in a public way, where it's not like I have six cards and I'm dividing them up and then I pass them to you secretly, right. it's not as interesting. Sure. Right? That's my point. I um, get, I definitely agree with that. I think that it the it made a lot of effort go into making sure the pizza slices are, or the, the segments... Mm -hmm. are maybe maybe equal or also appealing in some way that you can end up getting the one that you wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's a difficult kind of puzzle to solve, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you could do that with, um, like, resources, for, for example. Um, let's say, you know, you draw a card that dictates how many resources and what, what amounts mm -hmm. for, are available that round for sure. everybody. Mm -hmm. And then whoever's that first player divides it up for everybody yeah i like that you know um so one i think kind of similar maybe a little you bit could, you could even implement this in like a Catan variant you know like starting mm. starting cards okay you know yeah i, I, I don't know i kind of see what you're saying there yeah. um that may work but i think that we, we can't go based off of just that mechanic no no, no i'm just that was um, an example oh yeah good example. So, you have any uh, yes i have one that i've been thinking about for mm -hmm. a minute or two yeah um, I played the uh, Turmoil expansion to Terraforming Mars mm -hmm. recently, and I really enjoyed the um, council. The, the way the council works is that you have a chairperson and you have several different parties. And um, each person has, each team or person has their own team of chair people, mm -hmm. or I guess council Councilman. members. Council, yeah. yeah, councilmen. Sure. And um, each round, you can put one in to a party for free. Um, but you could also pay to bribe other councilmen to be in any party you choose as well. Um, and after every round, the, the party with the most councilmen, um, the leader of that party becomes the chairperson. Mm -hmm. And each council, each um, party has a different kind of perk associated with it. So it makes sense to try and, and beef up one party, and when that turn rolls around, that's when you use all of your titanium cards or whatever, mm -hmm. for instance. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I thought that the politic aspect of it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I, would, I would have liked it to be a bigger part of it. Um, like, uh, you ever, have you ever played the Game of Thrones board game? Mm -hmm. Second edition. Um, I love that the king can actually make decisions mm -hmm. and change the course of the game and you have to like elect a king so yep. like part of the game is trying to figure out who to elect when to hopefully have them rule favorably for you mm -hmm. um and i think that's a really interesting kind of aspect of like you have to choose someone other than yourself it's kind of similar to you have to separate the pizza yeah like whoever's in charge has to make the decisions for everybody yeah yeah and i think i think that's a really interesting aspect because you have to choose someone to do that every turn. Hmm. I like that. I was also thinking of a cool mechanism with a card drafting game that I like called Bargain Quest. 
Have you ever played oh, this? Yeah, I like Bargain Quest. One of the things I like about that is from the cards that you draft into your hands, they're all items that you're going to try to display and or sell mm -hmm. uh, to attract and then sell, hopefully, to an adventurer that comes out that round. Well, uh, one of the unique things here is the... Um, the popularity or the, the heart rating, desirability rating of, of the items um, kind of affect like your first pick of who, which adventurer, and maybe who has the most money or who whatnot. Yeah, because uh, they to appeal to different adventurers. Right. right, there's different types and everything, but um, you have to choose one of your cards to be like the window card, yeah. the one that attracts them, but then you can't sell that card. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so you can keep it for like the next round, mm -hmm. but you you want it to you also want to make money off of it but you can't do it that round or you might have to get other cards to sell um and so maximizing um selling a lot of smaller goods or less less useful goods whatnot um while trying to choose like which you know really valuable thing i'm going to show I, I like that decision making process and the sort of feeling that i wish i could also sell this or i wish i could also you know, swap these out or something yeah. while they're in the shop and whatnot, but it's just not available. Um, I feel like it, it. you have to think about if you want to burn your, like, best card to lure the people in, right. or you want to save that so you can actually use it and get more money or whatever. Right. Because um, money is a very important uh, resource in the game, and, um, yeah, you, you do need the money, but you also need to steal adventures, especially certain adventures mm -hmm. from other players because they've got combos they're building and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I like that. It's similar to Boss Monster as well, in a way. Yeah, a little that? bit. Yeah, a little bit. I think I like the implementation a little bit better in, in Bargain Quest, though. I agree. Um, I, I think they're very similar games, honestly, except one you're building the actual dungeon, the other one you're just preparing them, and then they just fight an actual boss. Yes, there's no but dungeon, it's just the There's boss. no dungeon. And so, I mean, they're very similar in that regard, both theme and their card games. Mm -hmm. um, but I think overall, uh, Bargain Quest is a better game. Sure. Totally. I would agree with that. Yeah. I really enjoy engine building games where you have um, some kind of really basic thing in the beginning, and um, every time you play a card, it, it like helps. Mm -hmm. So you can like get more cards, play more cards in or the future. Or something where you start with things covered up, and then when you do actions, they get moved off. And then new things get like available. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like that happens in Great Western Trail and Maracaibo and mm -hmm. um, a number of others. Well, I, I think so even Scythe to an extent has that too. Right. Because when you do those actions, you move the cube up, and then it like makes the bottom action stronger, and you know that kind of well, stuff. Well, and and I appreciate those kinds of games too. And I think like Great Western Trail is a great game. Um, but what I mean exactly is more where you have a tailored experience to your your okay. engine that you're building. Custom. Because I think, yeah, custom. Because I think that there, there are so many different combinations that it's exciting to figure out, like, okay, what, what kind of combinations can I play and how will that, like, become broken? Or I'm playing 10 cards in one round and going through my entire deck or whatever yeah. um, in a turn. And I think that a lot more exciting uh, instances can happen mm -hmm. if it's something where you get to completely customize your engine. Mm -hmm. Uh, that also reminds me of the game Oh My Goods, another card game, um, also <laughs> Alexander Fisher. Uh, it's a game with multiple use cards, and so there's different ways that um, 
they flip down, they become a good, they flip up, they're uh, a, a resource generating type of mm. farm or factory or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the cards that come out kind of affect what resources you get to use uh, during the game. And uh, if a certain, I think it's like two different um, cards that have like a sun on it come out, then you stop drawing. So it's not a push your luck, but it's like you don't know how how many cards you're going to get that round because once that first set ends, you do one round of things and then you do another set. But it could be one card, it could be eight cards. Yeah, right. And so you don't quite know what resources you're going to be able to use. Mm. Um, but then you try to generate and then build more factory cards and that sort of stuff. It's really cool. Is it the planning? Because you do have to. It sounds like you have to plan ahead a bit. Yeah, to... a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I do like that. I like, I like when you have because I, I no matter what the game is, I like planning out multiple turns in advance if mm -hmm. I can, if it's possible. Um, and you'll see me when I'm playing, just like having if I'm having a set of cards in my hand, I'll put down three, then like one, like okay, this is next turn, this is next turn, like uh, like Robo Rally. Well, yeah, actually, that's a good point. I, I really one of the things I like most about Robo Rally is that you have to plan five rounds in advance, and mm -hmm. it can get pretty chaotic. Right. Um, well, five turns. Makes up one round. Sure, right. I That's I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think I if we're talking about specifically that game mechanic, I think I enjoy the implementation in um, Gloomhaven mm -hmm. better. And like choosing two cards. So you have two cards. And you play two cards, um, but other than the one that has your initiative value, you can choose top of one or bottom of the other. But you can choose that on Later, your turn. Right. Yeah, and I like it's that. Flexible. Yeah, so there's a bit of flexibility added to it. Mm -hmm. um, so if there was something like that, and, and maybe Rogue Rally is a bit too basic, but if you had to plan five turns in advance, yeah. Well, the thing that helps Gloomhaven's, you know, uh, randomness factor is that regardless of what the action says on the top or bottom half, they also have the default right. to attack or to move. Right. You know, so even if you kind of get hosed, you can at least do something. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's a good way to handle that whereas robo rally if you you know end up with a card that you can't really place or you know go with there's no other alternative you know way to use it well it's kind of that's part of the chaos of the game it's very chaotic kind of, you have to suffer through and that's i think goal wise you know gloomhaven strives to be a little bit more in your hands and mm -hmm. robo rally strives for chaos i know? think we should kind of thread the needle there go for something like right in the middle okay if we choose that mechanic but i sure. i think that both of them are really good notable examples um, but I think a fusion of both of them would be pretty cool. Hmm. I so, mean, some of my favorite worker mechanism or game mechanisms are worker placement and oh, deck yeah. building. Well, you play a lot of worker placement I do. games, right? I it's do. One of your favorite I, it's one of my favorites. Um, and I especially like deck building when it's comboed with other stuff. Sure. So it's not just a deck builder, but it's part deck builder, part something else, or it's this whole experience and you've got a deck building system going on mm. um so like dune imperium lost runes of arnak uh clank even the hunger these are games that use deck building um as as a mechanism in the game mm -hmm. but it's not a deck building game if that makes sense yeah um it I mean, great western trail was like that too yeah, right with the absolutely um but that was just with the cows mm-hmm yeah, I mean, you're not using those cards for anything other than discarding for actions. Yeah. If you're on the right spot or turning them in for points, mm -hmm. right, for money. Um, so I guess it, even that is less of a, 
you know, what cards can I get? Because in Nemesis, for example, uh, everyone has unique decks, but the only new cards that you really get are typically bad because they're contamination cards. Which is a deck destroyer type game. Deck destroying. Deck destroyer. Which we, uh, we've kind of coined here at the Mentor Minutes channel. That's right. Or podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think that's a that's a pretty notable name, right? If you have a deck, this is your pristine deck, and everything that happens to it is something that's bad. Mm -hmm. You're not deck building. Yeah, the, one of the ways that you can play Robo Rally is the uh, the damage system is you take a spam card to your hand, and basically it clogs up your hand and eventually your deck and all this kind of stuff. And so, in that version, everyone has their own deck uh, to sort of minimize the shuffling time and maximizing just the odds of you getting useful cards but uh in that case the spam is just destroying your deck mm -hmm. and instead there's no other way to like rebuild it it's right. just trying to mill those out um i do like the mechanism in that where you have to play it to get rid of it so you're kind of yes. like suffering through right um and you, you you program it and then you get a random card with it and then it's gone so but it only affected you that one turn i do yeah that's that's nice i think there's there's a few different examples of that but i think that's that's a cool mechanic to just kind of get it mm -hmm. out away. Yeah. So, you know, in a lot of games that have deck building, there's always actions and things that let you trash a card from your deck. Mm -hmm. I think Robo Rally, in that particular instance, does a really interesting way of doing it. Yeah. It's like you have to play the bad card to get rid of it. You have to suffer the consequences. There's no way around it. But, uh, but I mean, there's other good cards that you also might want to trash just for sake of efficiency. Sure. Um, so that has some adjustment with a pure deck builder. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see. That's a good one. Worker placement, though. Um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, there's so many good examples of great worker placement games. So when you say worker placement, do you like um, like the finite resources where you have the workers and you have to plan out which resources you play, or do you like that um, the exclusivity like you have a certain places you can play where only you can play in because and mm -hmm. so you have to plan the order because other people might take your resources i'd say the second one really I, I like the the sort of i have to adapt my turn based on what everyone else is doing yeah and try to come up with a new strategy in the middle of mm -hmm. of everything um y you know like you usually <laughs> you have all equal workers that really just do the action wherever they go. But yeah. in games like Viticulture or other, uh, I think... We have the big boy? Yeah, you got the big boy. And then with the expansion, Tuscany, you've got like the moms and pops and like the right. yep. the farmer and his wife who have random special abilities each mm -hmm. game. Those are really interesting. Um, I like the thought of that and having special workers. And, and Acrony is another example of special workers where you've got four types. Oh, I like that. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And so they have, if you use your scientist to collect water, he gets extra water. If you go, you know, to build with an engineer, you get a discount of uh, stone when you build. Like, I like those kinds of things, too, mm -hmm. because not only it's how many workers do I have and what spots are available, it's where do I want to use this particular worker? Yes. And that's cool. I agree with that. That's one of the reasons I like Anacrony so much. Well, then all we have to have is a political class politics class or a politician i mean and then we can have them go to the council what are you talking about if we add the council to okay. your worker placement game yep then we have a specific type of worker that's a politician that does really well lobbyists lobbyists yeah uh lawyers this whole thing <laughs> is going to be like, a congress worker placement game um it sounds i'm already disinterested i yeah <laughs>
I was going to say it sounds great, but I'm not sure if I would actually I don't think I'd want to play that. No. Let's scrap that idea. It's a hard sell. We can, we can keep those ideas in some other form. Let's, let's keep that council idea, but not call it council and think of other ways to use it. Sure. That's okay. fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to build Congress the game. No, no. I, we already deal with that enough. That's true. So uh, enough about that. Yeah. How about, um, what, what's some of your favorite mechanisms? Um, okay. So let's see. Um, we've kind of danced around it, but I think, um, what I would say is my favorite is the ability to have some kind of deception where mm -hmm. you have to kind of question each individual person's motives. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously you can do that all the time where you see them play somewhere and you're like, oh, what is he trying to do? Mm -hmm. um, but I like when that's an integral part of the game where you have to, in some way, trust someone mm -hmm. um, because they're, they're helping you, but you don't know why they're helping you or if they're actually being honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, and so actually having to play off of one another, I think, is a, a really fun mechanic. That reminds me of when uh, I first played Coffee Traders. Do you remember? Have you played this game? No, I don't think I ever have. I've seen the board, the box, and it's really it's cool looking. Really heavy Euro game. Yeah. Um, but one of the interesting things about it is there's a lot of interaction, considering it's a Euro. Um, one of the things that can happen is if you are sending a person to uh, put a, a plantation worker like out into a plantation, like you get a bonus if you send it to someone else's plantation. Mm. Um, so you're helping them. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but there was an instance when I played it and I said, how about since it's mutually beneficial for the three of us, if I help you and then on your turn, you help him and on his turn, he helps me. Right. And that was this mutual like who's going to betray who? Because if no one, if not everyone does it, then, then, then it's ruined. Then right? It's kind of ruined. And so I, my turn was suboptimal. Right. Because mm. I could have like made sure that my guys had workers on them. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have gotten extra points for it, but at the same time, like it's mutually beneficial if we all do it, but if one of us didn't, then it's less beneficial. It's less beneficial overall. Right. I, I like right. that type of thing too. Like game theory. Like game theory? Yeah, where it's a Oh, like the prisoner dilemma? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um it's like that. Yeah. I like that. We should build that into a game. Let's make a prisoner game. Okay. Where there's some kind of prisoner council? I think that works thematically as well and uh maybe we could kind of work something with that and instead of a council maybe everyone has a uh, participation in the politics of the the prison okay you know and like trying to uh, usurp your authority you know and to get like better jobs and stuff maybe uh better jobs maybe more resources whether it's cigarettes or whatever they trade you know <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. This is hitting a little close to reality. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, it, at least it's not a game about trying to get the aboriginals out of Australia. So it could yeah, be worse. Yeah, it could be worse. Man, so Martin Wallace. We'll just go with it, right? This is... We're not... Yeah. Or, I mean, if we go to the, the aspect of, like, avoiding detection, avoiding arrest, instead of being in prison, but, like, being questioned. Oh, Yeah. Right. Okay. So you're not, no one's in prison yet. So we have some kind of secret organization. Can we do that? Yeah. Like, yeah. What do we call ourselves? What is a secret organization? Uh, I don't know. What do we do? Um, heists. We do heists. Because then we have different classes, right? Okay. Yeah. There's, yeah, yeah but that safe makes sense. cracker class and yeah, the driver. The driver. Oh, yeah. We have a yeah. driver. 
um, some kind of guy with connections, the boss the electronics guy, guy. electronics the guy. camera guy. Ooh, like with drones and stuff? We could mm -hmm. have drones? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think like the first scene of Dark Knight. It's like, no, I killed the driver. Yeah, all right. I killed the bus driver. Of all the heist movies, you chose Dark Knight? I'm just, I'm just, because they were like offing each other and they were naming right, right. what they were doing. Okay. And it's like, once I crack the safe, I'm supposed to kill so-and-so. Right. It's like, yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's a little bit of that where right. you can, if you kill someone, if you do defecting, if we're going back to the game theory, yeah. um, then you could get a bigger reward as long as not everyone defects. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Something like that. Yeah. So maybe like multiple heists? You have to have a way to get back in after you've been... So three rounds, okay. a heist each round, mm -hmm. and there's a phase in the heist where everyone gets questioned. Mm -hmm. And if someone folds they get a big reward everyone else like takes a huge cut or penalty mm. and they have nothing to start the next heist with yeah you know or limited right and so you got to collect resources like rope and like your your outfit and your ski mask or whatever sure your your materials whatever right. that is but your... you're being questioned each round and mm -hmm. so there's this aspect of which team are you going to be doing this heist with and yeah. who is going to stay loyal to you because there's going to be like if you join my kind of project that I'm working on, right? Because you get to do three heists. But sure. if this round I join your heist, um, or I get an item. Well, hang on. I think we should help. all be we should all be on the same heist. Yeah. But maybe having like there could be alliances within the heist to be like, okay, we're gonna work together and whenever the cops come asking, we're going to rat them out. Yeah. Um, if you cut out three of them against two, maybe mm -hmm. if those three work together, obviously you two are going to get cut out. Mm -hmm. But if they don't work together, then two can win. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that has to be something that has to be formed at the table. I think it should still be possible for a single player to be able to win. Sure. You know? Um, I don't know. It could be interesting. Because I could see, like, maybe in the first heist, we worked together, we both benefited. But in the second heist, we didn't. And we each yeah. did something separate, or yeah. maybe we ratted each other out. But then by the end, we could both... Get... We came together, and yeah. we're friends again. Yeah. I like it. Something like that. Is There There should be a way to, like, secretly bribe people. Not necessarily pass messages, but pass, like, supplies of some sort uh -huh. in a covered environment. So you can't really see what is being passed, but you know that well, something is Face down supply passed. cards. Sure. Right? As long as you know that something is being passed from right. player to player. Yeah, you can see, okay, I've got these four, I'm going to send two to you, mm -hmm. and one to you, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, like, that was helpful, I assume. But, or could not be. Or maybe it wasn't, because not every card's going to be good. And they're probably not going to tell, because... They're not. I like this. Yeah, this might actually work. Mm -hmm. Is it a good time to tell you that I really didn't think we were going to get anything out of this? Yeah, I didn't <laughs> think so, but... I like talking about game mechanisms, and we're pretty smart guys, I think. All right, so, well, well, jury's out, but we'll figure that out later. I mean, um, reasonably... Sure. Yeah. All right. I did lose, again, attack... Not again. I lost attack to your daughter, so, like... You did. Um, I mean, you're not the smartest, but, you know, you can win. You've beaten other players. I have not. You've not won tack? I have not won a game Well, tack is the measure of how good you are at That's games. That's true. Then I guess I'm not. I've almost won many games of mm -hmm. tack. Every game I've almost won. I guess that's my opinion. So it's maybe a two-player game every time. Yeah. So <laughs> well, you can come and you can do, do really bad. I got second place every time. You can do really bad, or you can come pretty close. Like there's 
there's a, a tight match. Yeah, but the people that can tell what, what is close intact are like very few. That's that's true. <laughs> like half the people that just walk by be like, what is this? Yeah. And what's happening? And oh, you won? How did that happen? Right. Okay. Was that close? I don't know. All right. You know what I'm saying? So, so maybe I'm not good at tag. One day, <laughs> um, one day I'm going to play him and actually beat him. It's going to happen. I don't think so. And we're going to do a live on this channel. I don't think so. So. I mean, I, I, yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen. That I'm going to beat you or we're going to do it live? Either. <laughs> we're going to do it live. We're going to film the whole board so there's no way any of us can cheat. He's taking over the channel, everybody. You see this? We got a new series. We got attack that's happening. Yeah, well, it's going to happen on the podcast. I guess, well, it has to be a separate video because we have, it's going to have some It'll visuals. It'll be a podcast supplement. Right. Yeah. Because we have to have everyone's angle. We can't, we got to make sure everything is on the up and up. No cheating allowed. How do you cheat in tag? I don't know. I'm not good enough attack to know. <laughs> I'm so. not good enough to know. <laughs> it's a hard game. It is hard. Um, but, all right, so, Are so we, we got... to talk about tag every time we turn on this podcast? I hope so. Oh, my gosh. Uh, no, I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. We do have a rivalry going here. Is it, though? I mean, I think you're just upset that you haven't won. It's not really a rivalry. Okay, you could have a... A rivalry kind of in, implies, like, wins and losses, you know, like... Well, so... You've only lost. Maybe a future rivalry, rivalry like, one day I think in the you're future. just upset. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. It's going to happen comment, live on this channel. Comment below in the video. <laughs> <laughs> is he mad or is he a rival? Is this a rivalry or is he just mad? Yeah, okay. <laughs> and what's the difference? Anyway, um, yeah, I've so all flustered, we got that heist heist game going. Everyone we'll loves a good it, heist. Call it the heist. The heist. All right. But like, so what's going to happen each round? Is it going to be, is the it going to club. be a worker placement during the, well, that doesn't make any sense. Does that make any sense? Each, worker placement? Each heist is his own worker placement. Each heist, no. But during it, the round, you got to be able to like use workers to collect and do things. Sure. And, you know, depending on what you do, could be suspicious in general. It's like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Because if we're on a team, then he's doing that or he's already got that. Yeah. Or, and maybe certain worker placement. So there's got to be hidden card information. Sure. Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, and we can also use the uh, the bargain quest thing where you kind of show one thing, mm. you know, and it's like, oh, see, I have this, but you don't know that actually I've got really good cards here. Okay. You know, can we, can we have like a, a heat meter to see who like, yeah, like, yeah, notoriety. Should it be, should notoriety and like how the interest level of the authority should it be per player? Or is it overall, okay, so the cops are really hot on us right now. Um, so we need to all lay low. Or is it like, what, do you, what would you prefer there? Um, I don't know. I, I like the idea of kind of having a notoriety track or a, uh, or a heat track that Maybe uh, you get penalized for doing something when they're looking at you, mm -hmm. um, but I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not seeing like the restrictive nature of just saying, okay, if it's this high, you just can't. Do well, yeah, this. I'm not saying you can't do anything. It's just right. that maybe, um, like, there's certain things that you shouldn't do because once the round is over, maybe mm -hmm. maybe there's no like definitive cutoff. Now you can't do anything. It's that the higher it goes the more likely you're going to be to have a negative outcome when mm. the round is over. Kind of like in um, the game In Too Deep. Have you played this one yet? No, I want to. 
Yeah. You so just filmed that recently. I did. Right? I just put out a tutorial recently for it, and uh, we interviewed the designers. But in one of the mechanisms of that is when you complete a plot card, you choose what type of way to resolve it. There's mm -hmm. the uh, less risky way and then the very risky way. Um, and basically the difference comes down to immediate points versus evidence collected, which can be used for other stuff. Okay. And how many of the uh, the cards that you draw that basically contaminate your, you know, involvement in the in the underground. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So like those cards could have high values or low values, and um, whoever has the highest at the end of the game, if the plot's foiled, you know, they get penalized. Mm -hmm. um, and so I could see how, you know, like maybe the higher the notoriety is or heat, then you have to draw more cards towards yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. All right. I, I like that. I do like that too. Yeah. I would like to play it first to make sure <laughs> yeah. to know exactly what you're talking about. Well, just watch the tutorial. But I like, you have to experience it. Well, then you know what I'm talking about. Sure, I will know and what you're talking about. And then we can have about. a dialogue and then we can play it. Okay, okay. Okay, but we're, we do have to play it before we figure out if that's... Oh, like I've a, played it. I have to play <laughs> it. Because... I was just messing with him. <laughs> it's so easy, you guys. Live on this channel, it's going to happen. I'm going to beat him attack. Ugh. 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 All right. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I think... It sounds like we have a decent idea of well, what... Well, we're still brainstorming. Sure. Okay. Well, do you have anything else to, to mention? Um, I like movies. We could base it on a movie. Well, I, w I would like to think more about that. Because I have a question for you. Now that we've kind of wrapped that up a little bit. Okay, we'll last, take a break from that. Last um, last podcast, you sprung on me and asked me what my favorite movie was. I did. So, this time, I have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> Still doesn't sound good. What has been an impactful album in your life? Uh, and I'll go first if you want. Th there's a lot, I think. For me, um, Pearl Jam's Tin, uh, the Pixies' Surfer Rosa, Nirvana's In Utero. All good ones. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, Radiohead, pretty much anything. All of them. Really important. So, like, are you talking about, like, the actual, the album? So, tell me, take me through it. Like, why, yeah. what were, why'd you choose those? Um, yeah, so In Utero is probably like my one of my favorite albums of all time. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, the best Nirvana album for me. Oh yeah, it's got a raw sound. It's just, I mean, very talented musicians, very interesting songs, very unique styles of play, and I think just uh, the height. I think of their their collective skills together mm. and making some really solid music. Yeah. Um, it's not very, it doesn't always have a clean sound, like say Nevermind did. Yeah. Um, so it's not as mainstream of a thing. Um, meaning it, a lot of those songs aren't always on the radio. Sure. Um, but that's not, I don't think that's a gauge of how good No, I'm just is. kind of describing the album. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Op Ivy, Op Ivy's got a lot of great songs, but they're yeah. definitely nowhere near production value of like, um, Rancid. Yeah. Now I like Rancid, uh, Here Come the Wolves, as well. Yeah. That's a great album. Mm -hmm. I'll put that on there, too. Um, I think I listened to it a lot. It was a, a formative album for me at the time, um, as far as influence of 
the genre of punk and 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 grunge rock and uh being a musician uh, a lot of my drumming style at the time you know was very much influenced by nirvana by by the pixies radiohead and fugazi as well um so those are some some bands i was listening to a lot of and yeah i think surfer rosa is probably the best pixies album oh yeah i would agree with that 100 percent. yeah and uh just every song is brilliant and unique mm-hmm. and just infinitely re-listenable right mm-hmm. um and i love their style like the pixies actually influenced uh kirk Cobain quite a bit mm. and that he, makes sense he mentioned that that him he also talked about like the talking heads and whatnot but um the pixies were known for introducing the really soft uh verses and really loud choruses mm-hmm. and just sort of the the amount of energy behind the vocals um, that sometimes contrast with the music. And then the music often takes center stage when it gets chaotic yeah. and lets the vocals do its thing later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really cool like dynamic of, of music. I need to ask you about more albums because that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's something that I've never really considered why I like the album, but like yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, like if you listen to something like uh, "Hey," it starts out very low key, but it's like a shout. Like mm-hmm. the very start of that song is "Hey," and then comes the bass line, boom, 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 and it's right. It's not even the start of the the bass line. It's like halfway through the bass line that that song starts. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. If you've never heard it, go listen to "Hey" from the Pixies. Hey, yeah. Um, the vocally, like he introduces the song with a shout but also it just kind of flows into the middle of a verse Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're in sort of a bridge and then the chorus comes like way later Mm -hmm. it's that kind of thing that i like Uh, another great example of a album that i love for a similar kind of reason is nofx punk and drublick uh when that came out that was i think often rated as like one of the best punk albums at least of the year but yeah perhaps forever (laughs) Like, it's fantastic. Um, His song, Linoleum, uh, which I think was the first track, uh, has no chorus and no bridge. It's just a series of... Does it not? No. It's just like a series of whatever. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's like like the definition of what a good punk song should be. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not... It's catchy a little bit, but it's not repetitive. Yeah. And it tells kind of a story, but it's also really raw and it drives and there's never a dull moment in the song Mm. and you never are expecting what's going to come next Mm -hmm. um it's got a high energy behind it and i mean it's just a great song i saw them live at um warp tour one year me too and i thought that was one of my favorite shows they really did a great job live saw them in charlotte Oh, okay. I was not in Charlotte. I forget where I went, though. I think we drove to Charlotte for it. Oh, it's not that far. Right. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. They're probably, NoFX is probably one of my favorite bands. Really? Yeah. I would rank them up there for me, too. I don't know. Each of their albums are so different. Um, Both stylistically and, like, the tone. Mm. Um, Like, if you listen to Liberal Animation versus pump up the volume like completely different you'd think they're almost different bands what's the one uh war on um errorism yeah i think that was my favorite that one came a couple times or like right after 
pump up the volume? Was it? I think so. I know it was mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've kind of flowed between which of their albums are my favorite. Um, I, I really like Punk and Drublick. Mm -hmm. um, I also really like Liberal Animation for different reasons. It kind of brings me back to like when we were starting our punk band because that was kind of the raw sound and energy that everyone had. Do you ha so you have a punk band? Yeah. Can you play? Can you? Do you have any music? Can you play our outro? Be your punk band. You you want me to put the out put a, one of our songs in the outro? Yeah, like make it like have a, a rolling credits where it's like you know Meeple Mentor Jared 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 Steven. <laughs> but while it's happening, play your song. Sure, I'll put something out there. Cool, that's right. fine. It's on Spotify. Well, I want to hear it here. All right. Well, anyway, then if you're interested, it's called My Favorite Illness, and that was our punk band um, for three or four years. All right, I'll check it out. We had, great. We had two albums, but only one of them's on Spotify because you know, you gotta pay for it. Uh, you do? Yeah. You gotta basically pay for like a record broker to kind of deal with the, the major people. I figured they just headhunted you'd be like, hey, you're, you're good at someone. <laughs> yeah, I don't on. think so. Oh, okay, all right. Um, but anyway, Punk and Drublick is uh, probably one of my favorite NoFX albums. And then also, um, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. Thanks for All the Shoes. That's the other one. From so Long and Thanks for All the Shoes is uh, a ska punk type album that they did. I don't remember that one. Yeah. it's The more I hear it, the more I'm like, this is so good. It's probably, the out of all of them, uh, his voice sounds the best on that album. That is really surprising, because I love ska. But yeah, I don't... I mean, it's not a ska... It, it has a lot of ska in that album. Sure. And okay. I think when it came out, it alienated a lot of fans. Because oh. a lot of people were like, what is this? Like, yeah. Because you know. that's not really their scene, I well, guess. Well, so when... El Jefe joined the band. He added a diversity of instruments as well. Because mm. not only was he a backup guitarist, but he could do trumpet and trombone. and well, That's like, what you need in a good band. Right. So he had all these, this brass instrument experience. Mm -hmm. And so he'd throw those in there. And now they could just make... Like, they had a whole new sound. Um, you know, and it started with that... The first album when he was on, which I think was called White Trash, Two Heaves and a Bean. Which is just the title of the album and referring to themselves, um, <laughs> of people in the band. Great album as well. Did you ever listen to, uh, was it The Descent? Yeah. I love yeah. that album. That song. That song. That song album. <laughs> it's like 17, 18 minutes. Yeah. The Single longest, song. Longest punk song you'll ever hear. Mm -hmm. the, the Decline. The Decline, yes. Not, not The Descent. But right. It's close enough. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I actually owned the actual... Uh, CD, and uh, if you look at it, it's like clear on the outside because it's only the inside. Because it's yeah. only the inside. I so have it like too. A little, I had it. Yeah, tiny little. Yep, it was cool. That was a good one. Um, all right, cool. That was that was a much more detailed answer than I was expecting. Well, you know, like I'm a musician, and music means yeah. a lot to me. And I figured that would be pretty easy for you to come up with on the spot, but I was really hoping to, you know, at least catch you off guard a little bit. Yeah, well, maybe next time. All right. Try me again next time. I'll keep thinking. This is the part of the show where he tries to catch me off guard and throws me a random question that I have to then answer off the cuff. It's going to be like super niche trivia next time. Oh, gosh. Trivia? Like, what is this game? What is this? What game is this from or something? Yeah. It's like, what is in my pocket? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll be doable. It's going it's to be a small wooden piece. And I want to say right now, tell me what game is this from? Yeah. But... 
it has to be something if you do that that is like only that game can have it sure like it can't be like a settlement piece from Catan because there's like million games that use that oh, yeah, piece. Could, yeah you're right you're you know right. what I mean all right <laughs> so. I got one in mind that I'm sure you probably never even heard of the game oh boy well, how am I supposed to okay <laughs> all right well that's a bad example let's not do that one <laughs> you didn't even tell me what it was next next time we're going to do trivia challenge see if we can get some uh Get Jared answers some trivia live. So this whole, uh, you know, let's play some bad games and make Jared hate it, and then let's make Jared answer questions that he's uncomfortable with. What What is this? It's not making you uncomfortable. I just want to catch you off guard. I want you to be able to have to come up off the cuff with an answer um, to get the real Jared, you know? Uh-huh. Who is Jared, really? I'm me. But who is that? How am I not myself? I'm not saying, No. But who is that, you know? Like, think about it. Sit down and just think about what that really means. I have. I'm a philosopher. Oh, right. You know that. I do know that, yeah. yeah. Well, I took the wind out of my sails. Bam! Yeah, what I mean by that, for those listening, is I had a I have a major in college, like a bachelor's in philosophy. Yeah, a philosophy degree. That, that's it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I've thought about it. Qualified. Qualified enough. It makes sense. I thought about it. Well, this has been a very interesting episode. Thank you, Steven. Yeah, I think this is the first one that I've like I've told you all the things that I want to do when you just put it all into one episode, right? Yeah, I didn't say no to anything. I said let's do it. You said let's make a game. I said let's do it. So let us know in the comments if I'm good at planning out episodes or not. And uh, hey, if you have any ideas for our game, and maybe if you thought some of our ideas were utter crap let us know or good or, or great. good don't you know make them yourself though this is movement or Ooh, tm yeah tm yeah TM. Copyright. right trademark well once it's published it's officially on record mm. right yeah i guess we probably won't sue though not i mean actually contact us if you are a game publisher and you're looking for someone to make this game yeah we're working on it that's a good point yeah we are working on it so, so free game that you can coming. publish it's coming out it's not free. You'd have to pay us. Maybe in a couple of years. Right. But uh, um, looking for feedback. Yeah. Catch it on Kickstarter. This is interesting. This is a fun do uh, topic to sort of just brainstorm what your game would be. And we made some progress. Yeah. I was, I was actually surprised that we came out with some kind of like setting at all because I was really planning on just talking about strictly what mechanics we enjoy. Yep. Um, and then talk, thinking about that for like a week like or so. Like car mechanics. Car mechanics. They're generally nice people. Mm. You want to play us out, Jared? Yeah. So this next track is from my first album uh, called How to Tune Your Vacuum Cleaner and Drop D. And I'll link the Spotify link to that song in the video description. So check it out. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. So does, does a vacuum cleaner and drop D suck more? You'll have to listen to find out. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>